Some said they couldn't do it. Even more said they probably shouldn't. But here they are, bringing you another episode of the Happy Zen Podcast. Welcome your hosts, Adam and Matt. As the adults, they all looked at the button. They didn't push the button. They went out, went to the window to watch the dinosaurs die. That kid, in like a millisecond, hit the button. You weren't, I don't care how good you were, unless you had the gun to her temple the whole time and were watching her, you wouldn't have pulled that off. So there's no way you'd be shooting her after the fact. Okay, then I'd, then I'd kill the child after the fact. <laughs> wow. <Okay>. Recording? <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> hey, let's pretend we just heard our brand new intro music. So we got some new uh, new music. Well, you've heard I've heard I've heard it. Yes, I have. I ha- actually had a vote with two of us. It's kind of interesting because really we just both agree all the time. But it was a good vote. Actually, it's got, awesome. uh, yeah, so we've got some new intro music and uh, spoilers, new outro music uh, you, from our made, good friend. If, listen, now, if you didn't have incentive before to hang around for the whole show, which I'm sure you didn't. But now there's some awesome exit music or outro music, as they call it, which is really good, by the way. And in fact, it'll give you something to look forward to at the end of the show when you're wishing we would stop talking. Yeah. So a friend of the podcast, uh, Steve Jones, who we have promoted his other band with uh, Shannon Northern Hearts plenty of times, was kind enough to offer some music to us. And we uh, it fit the bill perfectly, I think. Well, yeah, because he's got a YouTube channel going SW Jones, and I'm sure there'll be a link somewhere. If not, Matt put a link somewhere. Uh, in the show notes, and he does video game covers. It sounds at first when I first said it, I was like, "What?" And then I listened to it, and I now play video games to those video game covers playing in the background while I'm playing. I turn the music off the games I'm playing. Still League. We'll get to that later. And uh, then I use the his music. It, it makes me a little bit less uh, crazy. So, yeah, every Friday is doing like retro. Like I think it's all been NES games. I think so far or maybe 16-bit stuff too but yeah. uh, uh and then he had uh the first guest we've ever had on the podcast made a cameo appearance in one of his videos for uh ice hockey when he had chris johnson in like a digitized cutscene, basically for the intermission interview stuff which was amazing uh yeah so uh i believe it's sw jones music on instagram twitter uh, and YouTube. then YouTube. Yep. Yeah, YouTube playlist. Yep. And right now, I think it's been, what, every Friday he's been doing the video game stuff, I think? Yeah, video game Fridays. Sweet. So, it's been like 16 years, and yet nothing's changed. It's nope. still March. Yeah, it's it's March, sort of about 15th, 16th, depending on what day COVID hit for you. So, yeah. it's uh, the day after that, still. It's amazing that we could go two months and come back, and it's pretty much the same as it was before. Oh, no, I feel like 2020 just continues to rain feces all over us. <laughs> it doesn't seem to want to stop. Every time you have a moment of pause, it's like all it's doing is the the quicksand of shit that we're sinking in gives you a moment to catch your breath with that small glimpse that you're going to get out of this hole to only hear like the slurp of air bubble and you sink like another foot. Yeah, on that note, uh, we should probably get this out of the way because I think it's probably the shittiest news that we've got to talk about, uh, which would be the unfortunate passing of Chadwick Boseman on Friday night, I believe we heard. Does that sound right? Yeah, sounds right. Again, the days blur together, so I'd have to go back and check my phone. I'm not going to yeah, do that right I think, now. But I think that's it, right. 
I did have to tell people today that it's not uh, Saturday. They thought it was Saturday. I had to inform them it was Tuesday. So <laughs> it's this is just happening. Yeah, that was um, I really uh, really sad, right? I mean, on every level. I'm not asking it like a question. I mean it. Um, you know, there's a there's an actor that one was tremendous at his craft. Uh, the old school style actor who, um, you know, kept his personal life obviously incredibly personable, personal, personal, yeah. and uh, didn't share it with the world, which was which was you know very respectful and classy in a lot of levels. And and then when you discover that this guy had colon cancer, was getting treatment for the past six years, and then you look at the body of work he did in that six years. I mean, talk about like I'm gonna I would I would look at it as selfless because he loved his craft and he put himself out there where he very much could have not done that. Yeah, so he was 43. I believe the last four years he was at stage three colon cancer. He shot seven films in that time. And these aren't even like melodrama films. Like he was doing heavy action, like stuff that if you were in peak physical condition, you'd still, you know, you'd still stress over. And obviously nobody had any inkling as to what was going on. You got to think he probably was doing... You know, he probably had surgeries. He probably, he obviously had treatments and and that sort of thing. So to be able to do things like Black Panther and the Avengers movies, but not only those, I think, uh, what was that? There was the 21 Bridges and then uh, most recently uh, The Five Bloods. Uh, Like, there's one more coming out that he just finished. It was like a 20s, like, um, film noir type thing. I can't remember the, it's, it's, I think, no, the, the Five Bloods was a spike. Yeah, that was the Spike Lee one. The, yeah, the this, was, one. this was another one. Um, but that's the last one to come out. So it's in post-production now. So there's one more still coming on top of that. Like, it's just, it, it's mind-blowing. I can't, like, I can't even fathom being, like, that that kind of, like, how could you be that strong and not, like, to go through all that and not even have a, how, how could nobody know? Like, that's, that, especially this day and age, like, that's so impressive to me. Because to be honest with you, if Disney knew, I mean, you got to sign insurance things and that's for the, these big movies. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I get that, but I'm sure there was like, I'm sure there's things that can get, you know, uh, wavered and so on. But, but with all that being said, where something I found um, like a perspective I was thinking about and and then I heard it re- repeated on uh, a couple podcasts, actually, that I was listening to. But it was something I was thinking of was his family, like how... Um, how can I put it? How generous of them, because for those, especially those four years when it's stage three, you know, do they really want him, you know, sharing him, knowing that his time is ticking? And right, that, yeah, because he was working you know, pretty much nonstop, right? Yeah, and those are big films. Like you know, Avengers was months on end that you're away. You know, I'm sure your family is, you know, maybe able to go with you and stuff. You're still working long, crazy days, crazy sets, and and taking such a toll on him. That, you know, as a family, you're probably looking at him and thinking, you know, is this exasperating his illness and making him worse? And are we losing time and quality time we could have with him? Like, you know, that's selfless of them as well that they allow. And, and, and I know people will say that, well, he got paid millions of dollars and all that. He, he died at 43. What did yeah. he do? With, you know, what did he need that money? Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, to support his family, I suppose. Sure, but, but for himself. Again, right? it's not for him. If it was for him, he would have took the time to do whatever he wanted for him. And yeah. he didn't. He did things really ultimately for others. And uh, that's huge, you know. And I look at the ridicule that it was happening. I don't know if you're aware of it or not. But 
um, he was still doing some social media, not a lot, but he was doing a bit. And I saw a lot of ridicule getting thrown at him, accusations that he had went vegan and he was getting all skinny and all this, and they're ripping him apart. And yeah. I'll be honest with you, I follow a lot of like that carnivore like, diet world, and, and like you know, I, I you know me, I'm always playing with diets and stuff. And I started literally unfollowing them, not because I knew he was sick, but I thought, wow, like this guy's never once made a claim about anything. For all we know, he I he could have been Chris doing a Christian Bale, like getting ready for a film, doing something right. extreme. He was that type of you know really high class actor. So I got kind of perturbed by it, started unfollowing all of them all anyway. So I never really followed much more with it after that. I thought typical internet, like another reason why I hate the internet and social media, uh, as we put a podcast out there. Uh, but all that being said, I was thinking about that and I'm like, wow, I really hope those guys are just. You know, those folks that were saying that and chastising all that, I hope they are just eating pure, vile, regurgitated shit right now. Because, you know, how how misinformed, they had no backing, they had no claims to even run on, they just made f- crazy accusations, and I hope it's beyond humble shit pie that they're eating, I hope they're choking on it. Because quite frankly, it looks good on people behaving that way, I hate to say that, and, I'm, and, and sadly... A gentleman like Chadwick, you start reading more and more about the things he did. You start reading more and more about his speeches and going back and listening to things for a second and third time. Even he wouldn't want that on them anyways. But maybe I'll be the the callous asshole in this case, and I'm sure there's others, and I'll, I'll gladly hope they're eating humble shit pie for that. And there's well, I mean, plenty, of, plenty of other instances like that, too. You know, like, hopefully it means more people will look at that and hopefully be like, okay, we reasons like this we, we can't just judge people on their appearance so we, have, we clearly have no idea what's going I on i wish i wish i hope your optimism's right on this and you're normally not optimistic but in this case um i think unfortunately within 48 to 60 some odd hours if we're lucky people will be right back to the assholes that they are on the internet yeah uh and uh unfortunately nothing will be learned and it's a shame but but I think there's a moment where many of us can take a look at this and think to ourselves, like, wow, even in a mid of all, you know, all this craziness that we see in the world around us, you can still be a really good human being and not bow into all this crap. And regardless of like all the, you know, uh, loveliness that is Hollywood, uh, this guy did way better than the average. And, and I'm sure there's plenty of others as well because they're not out there in the limelight. So we don't know about them. So it makes me respect that a little bit more, uh, a lot more, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, it made me feel good. It, it, it sounds bad, but I feel good on the barometer of like the actors were happy supporting and following and, you know, um, spending our money on and, and uh, just paying attention to what they're doing and, and taking a little bit of a leadership. As geeks and nerds, we you know we look to pop culture a lot of times as our major influences. And, uh, you know, he was a damn good one. And, and it makes us feel, I think, for some of us, myself speaking, is that we're pretty good at picking. I think some of them do stand out. You know, they do embody the the things we need to see more of in those around us and hopefully we pick up some of those traits whether it's just the superheroes we want to follow and as their books and movies and stuff and then you know they we're fortunate enough to get a few of them that embody it in real life as well so yeah i mean like hopefully those who do actually take something from it you know realize look i mean 43 that's for the two of us that's not that far away so i mean for him to be able to put out as much uh work that he cared about obviously you know the jackie robinson film was a big one for him as well um you know because he wanted to get these stories out 
it's it's crazy. Like the the one that was really killed me was like you see he's going to like these uh, children's like cancer hospitals mm-hmm. while he is fighting this cancer and that's I can't like can you imagine being like you don't why you would never want to be around that you know you're already dealing with it and the fact that he I don't know I we never we never heard anything really bad about him everything seemed good and then in the end it 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 seemed good right to the end so you know it's he seems like he was a pretty upstanding person for sure I don't uh, I can't I can't imagine what the family's going through and like uh, even for somebody you know we obviously don't have any personal connection to him but I don't know about you when I read the headline I doubled it was a double take because I was like wait can't be that person like I mean first of all physically fit whenever I saw him and was healthy the last time I saw him now it had been a little while but I mean there was that you know the, the grumblings oh he looked a little thin at the uh at the Oscars but I just assumed he had lost that 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 mass he'd put on yeah. for Black Panther so I didn't really think anything of it um but yeah so that uh that was a bit of a bummer on uh on Friday for sure so uh yeah you know, to show the kind of impact I think I've heard this described a few times you know an example of it was type of person and impact that he was leaving behind as a legacy and you know taking on the mantle of uh, Black Panther uh, that was huge in a lot of ways that is going to be reflected further on down the road and let's not forget it's one of the most you know the largest grossing one of the largest grossing films of all time mm-hmm. it is a culturally amazing film uh, and aside from that just being an awesome film uh so you know that is a hero for many for the first time um for the new generation of superhero fans you know it probably opened a lot of eyes up for people to see that that is someone who looks like them who's on the screen that is a superhero that is of all the body and traits and that so you know there's a there's a lot of impact and, and repercussions to all this but what i was alluding to is that there's a lot of folks that myself included the very first thing i thought of um what that really felt for him and his family and at no time did I think about, uh, until really I'm saying it now, did, did I think about, like, okay, well, what are they going to do for Black Panther? I, I couldn't care less. Yeah, but like, that's I, because you're a decent I, human being. Unlike some of the news places that came out and got just raked over the coals, rightfully so, where their their first headline was, what will Marvel do now? Like, oh my God, that's I the priority. You know what? I didn't even read any of those. Oh, yeah. you. I didn't yeah. find them. I've also been like really limiting the amount of people I follow anymore. Like I'm on the verge of just cutting out social media altogether because it's been such a positive thing to get rid of it, by the way. Um, but anyways, all that being said, I didn't read any of that. I literally just didn't go there personally. Um, and I, I know some of the folks I listen to, they didn't touch upon it either. And uh, because really it's, cause it's such an asshole thing to do to go there. Yeah, and and there quite was... frankly, his impact is so big. It's like, you're not worried about that conversation right now. Like that can be dealt with at another time. And um, wow. Well, like I, I would t- for me, the big story out of all of that, I mean, obviously it, it's it's, uh, you know, upsetting. It's just is the, the like the the strength and, and the courage to do that. It's it, it, it honestly made me think like, Jesus Christ, like it, I, I can never complain if I'm not feeling well. I mean, I can, but I, in comparison, like, oh, yeah, the stuff you, can't that hold, you, can't hold a candle, you can't hold a candle to like, no. yeah, I went to work with a cold. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like really yeah sorry so, like yeah he's he's got us all trumped but i mean 
you know, rest, you know, rest his soul uh, to whatever God you believe in or anyone believes in for that matter. And uh, yeah, I mean, what a fantastic human being. And I only uh, imagine that more and more of the great things he was doing uh, is probably going to come to surface, whether, you know, he probably did a lot of effort to keep it, um, you know, private. I don't think his family is going to publicize it, but I think those around the family will probably, the cone of silence will start to lift a little bit because they'll want to share about what he is and isn't doing. And I have a sneaking suspicion that the, the list will be very long on the influence of the things that he has passed on. I mean, I always think back to the story about how he gave that speech for Denzel Washington. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a, I can't remember what, what, um, uh, award show it was for. Um, but it was, you know, giving a, an achievement award to Denzel Washington. It turns out there, the, the ability that, uh, Bozeman had to get to go to school was based off contributions that were given, you know, to, for grants and bursaries and stuff. And in turn, it was the money that Denzel had given to this college for grants and, and as donations and stuff. Uh, Chadwick received one of those scholarships to be able to go to, to school. And there it was, he's standing there presenting this lifetime achievement award for Denzel. I mean, that story is, you know, it's just Hollywood esque. Um, but it really summarized the type of character that he was as well, right? Um, someone that was deserving of that type of support. And then hence, he's turning around and doing things like that uh, his whole career. And I can only imagine that in the last six years, the type of impact knowing, you know, that things were definitely going to be shortened for him, uh, the stories are probably going to come out about what he has done. And it's probably going to be quite big. So, um, and I'm sure all those, you saw a lot of celebrities taking to social media, uh, whether you want to find it or not and their reactions, and you start finding out how, how dear of a friend he was to many uh, that he did come close to. And then is, uh, one thing I found really very respectful, and I don't know whether you've noticed this or not, but those that weren't overly close actually really have, like, not taken too much liberty on saying too much. They, they've passed condolences. But they're, they're not going to make it about themselves. Yes, and I'm impressed with that. I mean, it, I think that shows the type of character that he was that people don't even want to you know, play around that space and I was waiting for some douchebag to to do something stupid like that like some crazy like this ends my life horrible thing um and played up for their own drama but haven't seen that um and, and I'm and very very glad to not see that I, I, there is a little air of optimism in me that 2020 is the bitch slap to the face that society needs and I'm hoping that's the case um that we're starting to realize that we're not in the centers of every each individual universe. And uh, so fingers are crossed. Well, I think that was probably the, uh, the most downer thing I had to talk about. Uh, that's at least happened recently. I mean, so many things have happened in the last couple months, but I didn't want to go too far back. No. Uh, um, on a positive note, I don't know. Well, you don't, you don't frequent social media so much anymore, but uh, personally, the entire weekend for me was pretty much entirely dedicated oh. to uh, Bill and Ted. I do follow your social media, okay. which was like I thought you were, you had uh, found a phone booth, traveled in time, and was trapped there because everything that you were putting out on social media reminded me of like the mid nineties. Yeah. So I just assumed you were there, or you're just having like a nineties theme weekend. It is COVID and quarantine still half and half. So I mean, no one would hold it against you. Well, see, originally uh, we were going to rent uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music on Friday night, but then uh, my wife's schedule changed, so that got pushed back uh, until Sunday. So I ended up rewatching the first movie, and then the soundtrack, wow. and then the second movie, and then I tried the video game for about five minutes and remembered I don't not I just own this because I own it. I, it's not a good, it's not great. 
Uh, but then we did finally uh, on Sunday night watch the film, and it's uh, you know talking about how 2020 has just been like just a dumpster fire. It's it, the more I think about it, there's it's it's a very it's a very positive movie. It's very okay. gentle. There's no harshness to it, and you know there's no it's not even really a bad guy per se. Like it's it's such a positive movie that it's almost a shock to the system with everything that's especially even just movies and tv in general now is usually relatively dark and depressing whereas this was i mean besides the fact that you know it it wraps up the trilogy perfectly it pulls from the first two movies but it does its own thing and it's just i don't know i think it was and the reviews have been quite stellar and i think everyone's kind of just been like who would have thought that this movie would have hit so strongly but we're in such a shit place in most cases that that was it was perfect timing for a a movie about two idiots like and no they're not even like they always get stereotyped as like oh they're stoners or that they're not they're they never have been they're just two Dim-witted. idiots basically yeah, yeah like yeah. they're innocent yeah. so and and to see like Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter come back into those characters and I mean you can see sometimes when actors are playing a part and they're kind of begrudgingly do it and i kind of thought that might happen with keanu reeves because you know he's kind of gone yeah, his he's own keanu but i'm telling you he's in at 110 percent like he's all for it the uh, the cast is great um their kids are great Come it's on. uh it's Ke- i highly recommend it Ke- keanu is you know one of those humble giants of hollywood so i don't think he forgets at all his roots and let's be fair Bill and Ted is is one of his, you know, principal roots in Hollywood. So for him to go back and do it, I don't think he was going to half-ass it because he would face tons of ridicule for that. And this guy, you know, doesn't doesn't seem to not put everything into what he does. Um, actually, we've been watching a lot of Keanu movies probably the past month, just ones that we could find different things. And uh, it, it, it's like he's, he's good at what he does. Let's be fair. He's a good actor. Um it isn't just always the catchy films. Like he's just good at what he does, and just you know to know that movie's coming out. Like I, it's not that I wasn't that high on my priority tree to be honest with you. However, I knew you'd see it right away, and I really wanted to know did he just engage, which I felt he would. And if that's the case, that makes me want to watch it because yeah, if I, he's if he gave it the hundred percent and was you know th- then I know he's gonna be awesome. It's, yeah, it's gonna be good. So and and I think and, like and hold on one spoiler was death in it. Oh. Not only is death in it, death has a significant part in it, and he's just as great as he was in Bogus Journey as well. See, that's just yeah. Uh, well, that's what I mean. Like they pulled yeah. from you know, there's there's some of the time travel aspect, there's some of that collecting historical figures aspect, but then there's also death, and there's like there's hell, and like there's aspects from both of them, but then there's also the new stuff as well. So they yeah. really cherry picked from both and kind of went thrown away. Um, there's a great nod to uh, George Carlin, obviously uh, in the movie as well. It's uh, yeah, no, it's definitely good. I get like, you know, the rentals 20 bucks. But I mean, I looked at it again as, you know, if I was getting two movie <laughs> I'm not, tickets, I'm not licking a seat in, in the movie theater. Exactly. So I'm pretty good with 20 bucks. Like I, I've already determined a couple of films this year that I will pay the 20 bucks for to rent because I don't want to go to a theater. I'm good with that. So. Yeah. Which we can briefly touch on. Um, so hold on. Um, do, do you feel having been the only one that watched this, this would be a question that I will have going into the film. And I, I don't mind hearing your opinion of it before I watch it. And if anyone yeah. else doesn't want to hear it, just skip the 30 seconds or so yes. on this. 
do you feel like this Bill and Ted was like, um, do you, you feel there was a lot of influence of, say, the Keanu personality? So you said it was very positive and upbeat and somewhat, you know, that's what he's like, right? Like, he's a humble dude. He's a positive guy who's been through some crazy shit in the world, and he still continues to be who he is, and he's still good on to others and so on. So do you feel like, because I'm sure he was an executive producer on this, was he not? Uh, I think both of them were, yeah. So do you feel like he had an influence on this, or do you feel like he just was, you know, here's the cash to make sure it gets done, and I'll go play Ted and just do your thing? Or do you feel like there was some influence of him on this film? Uh, only because I've read about this, I do know that the two of them and the two writers, who it's been the same writers for all three movies, so which is, you know, nice uh, continuation, oh, yeah. um, is they all worked on it together. So okay. a, a lot of the ideas were thrown around. So it's not he, like he just showed up on the day and, no, then but, was, and then checked out kind of thing. So I would assume in the writer's room, let's be fair. I mean, I don't know what those other two writers have done, you know, in their careers. I'm sure it's a few things. But you're four of you in a room and you got Keanu there and he's tossing his bits there to his ideas. I got to think they're probably taking precedent. So that, that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing by any means, right? So, no, long and short of it is that's uh, – a little slice of positivity and the, uh, I, I did read a, an article with one of the writers and he said that they were trying to make the movie since like you know early 2000s they were kind of tossing ideas around and he said he remembers vividly speaking to Keanu's agent at that time and the agent said there is no way not one way that he will ever go back to playing this character ever again because, you know, obviously at that time they were trying, you know, he's a serious action star, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I guess what happened was people started asking uh, Keanu, like, red carpet stuff, like, would you ever do it? And he's like, yeah, I mean, if it was good, I would do it. <laughs> so they're like, well, your client's like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll do it. So, yeah, uh, I definitely would say check it out. Uh, if you don't want to pay the 20 bucks, I get that. I'm sure it'll come out uh, regular at some point, probably around Christmas time, I would imagine. So yeah. worth uh, worth checking out for sure. You want to go to a theater in a hazmat suit? It's your business. But uh, briefly on that topic, I will say kudos to um, I think it's Orion that put the movie out because they offered it in theaters or uh, on demand, and because of that, the larger th- movie theater chains punished them and wouldn't play it, <clears throat> which I thought was like just some cold shit like I, I couldn't even imagine that like because they were offering it, Sold, yeah. it, it, it we have to put ourselves in the shoes of we're in a much better place than a lot of other places uh especially there's, there's, some, there's some tire fires on this island we call north america still burning strong yeah so i mean there are places where movie theaters are absolutely not safe at all like not even remotely and and there are places that don't even open street isn't safe yeah Yeah. so i i was like well that's great they give people the option to see it and then so yeah the movie theaters got all pissy and uh and a lot of the big chains uh did not air the movie well in the long run because i really really don't think things are going to go back to this normal that we had before and i know with the cliche thing the new normal but but the reality is uh we have accessibility for technology it's getting you know uh excelled at such an amazing rate for what we're having access to what we're doing 
uh, theaters need to play nice because what the hell do I need a theater for if Disney's going to do things like put Mulan directly on the fucking streaming service and I just pay for it and I get to own it. So the scenario before would be I would go to the theater with my children, take them to see the film. A few weeks later, I would get hosed into paying the 30 bucks for the Blu-ray copy to have at home. Like maybe I had the digital copy or whatever. Maybe I was cheap ass and I paid the 24 bucks for the, for the DVD copy, but quite, quite likely you paid the extra five, six bucks and you get the Blu-ray, the DVD, digital. So you pay 30 bucks, right? And then I would own it. So Disney has said, you know what? Fuck it. 30 bucks. 30 bucks and you're going to own it on the streaming service. You'll have access it to your account. on the, That movie will be accessible to your account forever, indefinitely. So you will always have it. Um, is that a good enough deal? Oh, by the way, you're not going to the theater, which would be, you know, you know sometimes two, four, six freaking tickets, depending on how many people go. So that you're talking like 40, 60, 80 bucks. Don't worry about that money. And the $30 you were going to spend afterwards to buy it, that's all we're asking for. Really? That's it? I have access to it and I can watch it as much as I want. I don't have to leave my house. Jeez, boy, theaters, uh, you sure gonna miss you. Because what yeah, the hell do I need you for? I, I think it, definitely too, like the like the family and kid movies, especially where, like you said, I mean, you're at four, six, possibly more tickets. Hey. You know, the the R-rated movies or like the the adult movies where two people might go or whatever. All right, fine, you might be breaking even, but kids movies, it's it's going to be cheaper. And safer in most cases. And this is the testing the waters for. Well, if this does well, guess what franchise is not going worried about going back to the theater? Marvel. What the fuck do you need to go to Marvel? Go there for? No, they will find a way, dude. They, They'd they, have to really charge a lot of money to break it. The problem with that is they make so much money in the theater with those with those but, franchises. But okay, hold on. That's the old way of thinking. It's always escalating gross income. I really do believe that some of the very smart, forward-thinking uh, CFOs and CEOs out there are going to start analyzing, look, the pot, the pool isn't the same anymore. It's not as much water as it used to be. Things have changed. People don't want to go here anymore. We've got to be mindful of how this works. So how much potential income still exists? Like, if people haven't been going to theaters for a while, they have to think about that revenue stream might not exist the same way anymore. Okay, so we made a billion dollars on a, a film release. Okay, that's because of the theaters. But if people aren't going to go to the theaters, how do we maximize our film release? And we can't operate in comparison to that old world. If the theaters aren't operating the same way, we have to think about that business model is not available to us. So what's the next best business model to ensure the highest profit margins possible? You're talking about a, a company that makes has made millions upon millions quarterly per sub company inside of it. So it's not dumb. It's a smart company. And before they have to give revenue sharing and cost to the theaters. Like there's the elements of all that. Start removing those overheads. I hate to say it, but from a business standpoint, it's streamlining and more efficient in some cases to, to do this through your own uh, system. And I would imagine they probably were exploring this concept before, realizing yes, the revenue is greater with the theaters. However, if people were shifting this way on their own, not driven by a pandemic, then they were preparing for that. Now, this, like many things, has just been, you know, uh, sped up in its capacity and they're going to operate in it. And I firmly believe Disney will be the trailblazer on this. And as they do this path, other companies are going to have to look at this and go, either we follow down this path or we hold on to this old model we hope comes back. 
But meanwhile, as Disney goes down that path, what they're doing is they're taking the consumer with them. So at the end of the day, the consumer is like, you know what? I really don't need to fucking go to the theater. Like, I might miss the experience, but the money I'm saving, I'm going to buy the 80-inch television, stick it in my basement, and I'll pay for the streaming service, and I'll buy the movies I want when they come out. And quite frankly, if Disney does that for me with Marvel and any Fox-owned property and all this, I get the vast majority of things I go to the theater for, I'll have access to. Now it's just those other ones I have to worry about. But, oh, wait, look at that. They realize that I'm not going to the theater. So now they're going to start putting it on their streaming services. And all of a sudden, you start seeing the death of the theater, and it becomes like the drive-in theater. It becomes a thing that's neat to do every once in a while, but you only do it on occasion. It's not the, the cornerstone anymore. I think, I, I think something Second. like Black Widow would have to be the one. Like It'd have to be something like that. That would have to make the move for them to really see it. So I'm interested to see what happens with Black Widow. Well, there's, and I'm going to say Disney's the company that can say, you know what? Let's try it. We've made billions. So let's just try it. Like at the end of the day, if this is too painful, we will go back to the theater model because they can afford to do it and see how it works. And if they do it and it works, and so they pull in a quarter of the revenue. Okay, they pull in a quarter of the revenue quarter of the revenue probably is like 300 million still okay so if that's the case or 200 million still that's a lot of fucking money for a film that's not count, counting merchandise merchandise and all other elements that come with it they'll find a way to draw more resources more marketing more streams things like that they'll find ways you know and uh i think they just explore new 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 models they have to think outside of the box someone has to um, I think they're definitely going to be the first one to do it because their service is set up. And I do believe other people are going to try to jump on it as well while they can because there's a lot of movies that might do better if I was to purchase them as like $20, like Bill and Ted. They might do better that in that mode because yeah. the theaters, they would have to compete with other big things like Tenant, for example. They would have to compete with that space. They probably would have been, you know, they would have made some money, but there's potential. They could make the same 60 million, 70 million um, in this other mode. It might might take a little bit longer, but they might make it. I think the medium to low budget movies definitely um, would do equal or better with the direct to home stuff. It's it's really going to be a case of, like I said, I think we need to see one big example I don't even. I wouldn't really classify the Mulan one as a big example because that would have been even had it been in a theater, probably would have been like a middle of the road kind of thing for them. A lot of their adaptations, except for a couple of the big ones like Lion King, were kind of you know not it. It if it's it's not a tentpole Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie. One of those does it, and it works. Then I would agree with you one hundred percent. But here's the thing: I also looked at Disney's release schedule for the next two years. And it's something like 61 features. It's it's huge, okay? Between Sony and, like, not Sony, you know, Fox, and all, all the properties, like Bob's Burgers, everything that's going to be done for films in the next you know, two, two and a half years. Yeah. It's like 60 titles, okay? They can also win this whole conversation just based on volume. They can just keep pumping out content at 20 bucks, 30 bucks a buy. And if people know they don't go to the theater anymore, they can get it right through the streaming service. I think they'll win with volume in the long run. And, and in that long run, because when you start averaging it out over the titles, and since they own all these properties now, right? Like, it's a little bit different. I, I think there's a business model with people much smarter than you and I that are probably working this out to figure out, 
if we don't have the theaters, what are our options and how do we maximize them? And I think that conversation has been going on for months. And I do believe that they're testing the waters on it. I don't think they're going to give up completely on the theaters just yet. But I got a feeling that they'll push the boat out a little bit to see how it goes. And all I have to say that that could potentially you know, catapult this to even faster is second wave. Because if there's a second wave where things roll back again, they, I have a sneaking suspicion they've already got their plans ready to keep pushing forward and not change what they're doing. They, yeah. figured out, they, have, they have figured out how to film. Most of the film companies have figured out how to film, how to produce, how to maintain safety in those environments. And so they can still produce their content. And I got a sneaking suspicion they're going to they're gonna want to get that content out there because of how they work so far in advance with everything. It, it, they can't possibly keep holding back. So they have to find a way to work around the scenario and not let the scenario control them anymore. I think right now it's probably a 70-30 split where 70% of the, the thinking is things will get better, we'll go back to theaters, everything will be fine. And I think 30% is there's probably like a room of guys going, uh, you're the, if this continues on, we're taking your plan. That, that and I, and I, I agree with you, but I think the numbers are probably more 50-50. I've done, in my, in my work, in yeah. my work, I have dealt with a lot of issues and the issues we're dealing with are more of a 50-50 approach really operating in this bias of it's probably not going back and if it does go back it's certainly going to be different so even if the 50 percent is accurate that we're returning to some sort of state where we're headed back to will not be the same way i agree for sane people and for most of this country uh without going down this well of sadness they're going back to the stone ages there, are, yeah. yeah, there are places that Planet of, are Planet of the Apes. Watch, it, watch the new Planet of the Apes, the one after Caesar freed all the apes, the second one in with Franco. Watch that one. That's where you're headed. Sorry, America. It's it's literally they've like, well, I, we're bored with this, so we're just going to go back to the way things are, and it doesn't seem to matter anymore. Just so ignore it. We'll out American it. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So let's not get into that too much. It's fun though. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Christopher Nolan wants people dead. What else do I have in my notes here? Can you imagine uh, just being the shit stain of the world right now? Like, that's exactly <laughs> what that country is. It's literally the shit stain you cannot get out of that pair of underwear you used to like to wear. And you want to wear them, but you're embarrassed. And then when you do wear them, you think that shit stain's actually still touching your ass, even though it's been through the washing machine. That is the America right now. And, and the rest of the countries are like, oh, I think I can smell their shit stain. Even though they know those they, uh, that... Uh, underwear has been washed they're still like mm, there's a bit of a fucking smell we're pretty sure it's you get the fuck out you're it probably says something <laughs> when like the american passports the one that's like mm, we take every passport but that one most countries are like forget it i, I wish this hour i had 22 minutes was still on because i could see the sketch of the american coming to the the border uh, uh, person and hand the passport and they look at it they do some canadian accent and they just put it in the fucking shredder <laughs> they just just instantly hand them a Tim Hortons gift card and turn turn the fuck around. Train just comes down, lifts up yeah. the card, turns it 180 degrees, drops it. Okay, bye. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the moose and beaver out there, fucking building wooden bridges that make the Americans not even make it to us. Like I could just see all of these things happening, um, and it is unfortunate because um, I have a lot of colleagues and friends that are American, but I I, I don't know what to say for you folks. And I mean, I mean my heart goes out to the ones that just keep fighting. Uh, I know are sane. Yeah, like um, if you're 
if you've got a head on your shoulders, man, all I can say is keep yeah. uh, keep fighting what you can. I can understand why you wish for things like zombies or dragons or anything else that this thing could be other than this invisible plague because you needed to take it a physical representation to help those around you understand it's a fucking problem. Um, so I feel for you. I really do. It's unfortunate that it's a, it's a not seen uh, concern because if they can't see it, they don't believe it. And that's unfortunate for too many masses. So. And yet somehow religion still popular. Anyways. <laughs> oh, <laughs> moving on. Wicked. Uh, man with a beard. <laughs> Real quick, did you see the DC fandom trailers? I saw the Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. I saw the Batman. Yeah. That's it. The only other one that would have been worth watching was the Snyder Cut uh, trailer, I think. I don't want to watch that. Because it's going to make me want to buy another streaming service that I don't want to buy just to watch something. So I'm trying to avoid it right now because I know I will want to see it. To I be know fair, it's gonna be really allegedly good. it's going to be released. Well, okay. So it's four parts, it, it's four parts or a four-hour movie. So... Well, it's streaming. Who cares if it's a four-hour movie? Really? I guess if it's streaming, it won't matter. Yeah, if it comes in on Blu-ray, I'm not sure how that works. Ask the Irishman. I think it's still going. Yeah, uh, yeah so what did you think of the trailers? Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 looks fantastic. They, they totally capitalized off the, hey, you know what? Stranger Things did this really good capture of a time period, and people really, really like it. So let's one-up that, do really well with it, take the franchise other than Aquaman that does well, and we're going to really run with it. And we did good and gal gadot is a fantastic wonder woman so um and i'm really looking forward to Kristen wig being cheetah looked really good i she's a good actress comedians are always good actors they just yeah. never get that credit when they get put in those roles they just remind everybody they're damn good actors uh, she looked really good doing the part um sold it well i mean i'll never look at Catwoman as a good actress again any of the incarnations of them trying to be this aggressive feminine fatale type character because kristen wig look in the trailer alone has smashed it so unless she screws it up in the film which i doubt it um so yeah i gave her both of the the looks because everyone was like wondering like are they going to actually make her an actual cheetah or is she just going to have like the like the kind of hardcore look to her and they did both she you can clearly see in the trailer like she goes like she keeps one-upping herself to the point where she just full-blown, like, full-on Cheetah, which I thought so looked pretty awesome. The evolution of the character is going to be great um, in that aspect. You know it's going to be part of the storyline that we get, so it's not just going back to her, like, maniacally scheming. It's her totally going through this process. And it was I don't even know how Chris Pine comes back into it, but I can't wait to figure it out. And it was very funny, like, the, the little funny bits. I'm glad DC's yeah. keeping that, that Marvel recipe of having appropriate humor um, fits well. So it's a good recipe. It works. So mm-hmm. run with it. And I think Wonder Woman has been the one title so far, and this seems to be headed on the same road, in my opinion, that follows a similar, and I call it the Marvel recipe because they just had done it like 20 plus times. Um, and they seem closest to that recipe, which is great because I don't think anyone's talking about infringement. It's like, it's it's a good recipe. Have a, have, have a little bit of light humor. Just a total balance that they've got going, yeah. Just have it because look at your audience. It's a large base, right? You're talking about really young kids up into adults, up into people that are just fans of the original title or just want to watch a good movie. Like there's there's tons. They don't even have to be fans fans. Like they're going to watch it. So you kind of need to appeal to everybody a little bit. And they've done a wonderful job. It looks yeah, the, tra- the trailer looks really good. Yeah, nothing in that trailer that I saw that I was concerned about really at all. I think it looks like it's uh, it was supposed to come out like 
Yeah. E- either already or I, I know obviously it, it's been pushed back, but I I think it's it was I sometime think, this summer. It was a summer release. Yeah, so yeah. I remember we were gearing up for it in the house because my daughters and I were looking forward to watching this one. So um and the Batman my only concern is they gave us a trailer long before they've got really anything in motion. So it's like they they chip piece one together to give us something. And Batman is always a subject of such ridicule. Um, I, I kind of I felt like they rushed it. Maybe they didn't need to do that for us. It was good. I'm not saying it wasn't good. What I'm worried about is that as they continue filming and as they continue producing, is it going to be one of those trailers that has nothing to do with the other product because they just went, oh, we're not using half that stuff now. Yeah, because the number I heard was they've shot 25% of the movie. So yeah. that trailer's based on like a quarter of it. The whole plot could be completely skewed from what we're seeing from the trailer. Like it's hard yeah. to know. I think Pattinson the look good. of it looked good. Yeah. I think Pattinson the suit looked good. good. He looked fine. Yeah. I think he's going to do well. It it, it sounds like they're making him more of the detective side of things, which is I'm fine with. Although they still obviously tried to show that he's still a brawler. Year one Batman, basically, right? Kind of like he's just taking Batman's man. I think they actually specifically said year two. And I think they just did that because they've I think Batman Begins kind of touched on more of that early stuff. So they kind of want to shift shift ahead a little bit. But yeah, I mean, God, if we see another origin story, I'll. Well, no, I, I, I love not. Don't give me origin. Give me like Spider-Man, like the, the new Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You touch on it, but you don't have to go over it in detail because you everybody me, knows it. You give me forty-five seconds of direct contact content, and you probably give me another five minutes for the whole film of like really soft flashbacks and and like reach, like just just slightly reaching behind. And that's all I needed. And, and I don't need it because you've done, there's been so many incarnations. Don't bother. But what I do understand that is potentially happening is that we're getting like the, the different universes going on for DC. So we have these alternate universes of these characters. And so we're maybe getting the Michael Keaton Batman back for the yeah. flash timeline. So I mean, that's going to be confusing as fuck. As not but I don't fan. think this Batman is a part of that. No, but Affleck's coming back too, right? Affleck's coming back. So this How, is, in the Flash movie, he's going because Affleck is the Batman of that Flash time. Okay, right, sure. And I think now that he's got his personal stuff sorted out, I think he's more willing to do it. The Michael Keaton thing, and I we I talked about this a bit when they did the CW shows, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. I think when they realized that when they did it on TV that it could be done, because the Flash is much like. Um, I guess like a Doctor Strange in, in the Marvel timeline, maybe where he connects to all the different uh, the multiverse, right? Okay. So they can wrap, they can connect all of their franchises together with the Flash, basically just saying, "Well, that's a Batman from that parallel universe. This is a Batman from my universe. That's a Batman from whatever." So my understanding is, it's the Flashpoint story. He's going to go back in time to try to save his mother. He's going to ripple the time fragments uh, or the timeline. And you're going to get crossover. They obviously didn't show Michael Keaton, but they did show some of the artwork, which granted it was the Michael Keaton from 1989 in the Batman suit, but it was him and and Ben Affleck in the flash. Like that, that scene alone, if they have that in the movie, I think that's going to be pretty impressive. It also means we're one step closer to that Batman beyond movie. We've all wanted it's happening. Michael Keaton is going to be the Batman. It's going to be amazing. I'm sure of it. Also, I, I think that would be just like Michael Keaton. I mean, come on. 
no, I think it'd be good. And he rejuvenated himself in some of his work. You know, um, he's always been strong, but he had his. He's got a stronger Hollywood presence once again. So for him to go do Batman Beyond is perfect, really. Yeah. Unless they're gonna wait a little bit longer and get Affleck to be that Batman, uh, and then have the younger Batman, which Affleck's getting a little bit older, and you could age him easy enough, and you could easily have him be the guy too. Which, if you look at the cartoon, Batman was a large, large brooding older man, where Michael Keaton isn't necessarily a large brooding older man. So Affleck could work too. It just depends what they're doing in that universe with uh, Wonder Woman, and and since they're jumping around time with her, who knows what they do there, and then with Superman. I know it's not done. Um, Henry Cavill has made it very clear, or Cavill, he's making it very clear. He's not done with Superman by any means. So um, yeah, it unless, unless, like he's going game. to show up in the Flash movie too. I think in some form. So that's where I don't know. We can see see where this all plans to go. I just don't know what to do. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's stuff. it's early yet. We'll see how that uh, that stuff happens. I mean none of that stuff's been shot. Like they did a promo for Black Adam, but nothing's been shot for that. Um. And then there were some games and stuff uh, as well, but yeah, I don't know, man. There, there's been there's been a lot going on. That was Christ. That was only like three weeks ago, two weeks ago, maybe, and it seems like it was forever ago. What have you been up to? Did I hear League of Legends again? Yeah, I'm still playing. You didn't you didn't beat that game yet? There's no beating it. It beats you, um, like mentally. So yeah, yeah. I, I I it's interesting. I continue playing it. I have tried some other. Uh, you know other massive multiplayer online games whatever and, and honestly like this is it's uh it's it's got a lot of great mechanics and there's so many champions so i just keep playing it um i like completely disabled the chat function and uh it's made the game so much better um i'm actually not horrible at it um not great either um it's weird but anyways yeah just keep playing along it's uh it's a stress reliever and then when i find that it is stressful I still play it so fuck it but you know what I mean? It's it's play it while I'm enjoying it, have some fun, and uh, when it gets shitty and you get frustrated, away you go. It's interesting though. Like the game is uh, easy to get engaged with. You you want so many things to go right. You think you're doing everything right, and there's so many moving parts. It's like a really fast paced game of chess, and uh, you really only can control yourself. And when you fuck things up, uh, you have to own it and then learn from that. And so I've done like you, you know recording some of the games here and there, watching them back, and kind of going, oh yeah, all my fault. Like, yep, that's everything I did wrong in the first uh, four and a half minutes, and that just uh, snowballed to the end, and there's no way around it because that game is completely on snowball mechanics. So oh, once, yeah. the, once the ball starts going downhill, uh, there's no correcting it. And I I play at very low like uh, experience level, ELO, and uh, you can sometimes turn it around because people are really crappy. So things can happen that shouldn't happen, so you really shouldn't give up. I have – we have – I've been playing in one games that we should have been destroyed by the 25th minute mark, and somehow they just didn't know how to close the game out, and uh, we had a chance to recover. And at 45 minutes, we won. So, <laughs> and I'm like, how? I was, oh, I had no kills. I had died like 15, 16 times, had a couple assists. And at the end, I ended up with 31 kills and 17 deaths. That game went way too long. I should not have been able to do that, but uh, we did, and we won. So it, some games happened. So anyways, and there's games, and that game is very misleading because you can have games where it goes so well. You're like, I'm on fire. I finally figured this out. And then it's a whole new group of nine players with you. And you realize that whatever you figured out worked in the scenario you were just in. And you need to figure out how to take it to the next one. And that's what I love about that game. So anyways, yeah, I keep uh, mulling along with it. Uh, I thought about streaming with it. 
no, not going to happen yet. No. I want to. I want to. But I haven't quite figured out how to do it. And I only operate on a single computer, so I haven't really figured out how to do it. I have asked you a few times, and I don't really have an answer. So I you don't remember some, that. You told me about some software, and I never got it. So that's basically well, what we are. You've been busy uh, doing renovations, right? So you don't yeah, have a whole yeah. lot of free time. Remodeling an entire main floor. Yeah, that was a simple project. Um, so that's finally coming to an end. So that, that's another thing where I might find some time to stream. I do want to stream a little bit. I think it's entertaining. Um to stream i find video games way more fun when we streamed before i found it way more fun to stream the game mm-hmm. um and and comment the commentary was way more entertaining for myself while playing the game and possibly for others and uh the bar is extremely low so people really can't expect good things which probably makes it a more entertaining channel uh so anyways we'll see what that looks like but no there's something else i've been up to though i've been uh reading about uh reboots yeah and I get mad. You just now getting under the re- we're twenty twenty. I mean, we've been doing reboots now for how long? Yeah. Okay. So I'm starting to feel like there's a saturation of reboots. Get out. No. No. Listen. Listen. There's an element of reboots that I'm like, eh, whatever. Like I'm not even watching them, so I'm not too bad. But I'm starting to realize that they are excessively going to the well of repetition, and they're doing it in ways that is completely unnecessary. Now, I brought this up to you before on this is the topic I want to have on this episode. And so I'm assuming you probably did a little bit of digging. But the catalyst for me that made me want to shove hot needles with vinegar in my eyeballs and then proceed to run outside in the cold air was watching the trailer for the Save by the Bell reboot. Oh, yeah. I had forgotten all about that. I have completely forgot about that. I vomited so hard it came out my ears. That was the biggest load of garbage possible that I've ever seen. Listen, it was cheese cornball in the first place. And mm-hmm. So the bar, I know the bar wasn't set very, very high. But it has put itself in this space that's trying to operate in two places at the same time. The cheesy cornball, but then trying to be actually something decent at the same time. You can't do both, first of all. Secondly, this is not the thing we needed. We don't need it. Um... And who's it for? Because I would think kids now aren't going to have any interest in it. And is it for oh, the parents? So here's the key. This is something that's really I'm trying to understand. And and I don't think there's a, a simple answer, but I certainly think this is the recipe that gets fucked up. Is that when you do the reboot, who are you targeting it on? I like to think that some executive is like, you know what? We'll capture two audiences. We'll oh, get that's people, exactly what the, that is. The people who grew up with it and will get the next generation watching it as well. Well, guess what, fuckers? You're wrong. Because you should not please both audiences at the same time because their tastes are incredibly different. Prime example, people of our generation could put The Matrix on television and watch it and say to themselves, yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah, you know, I remember all this. It's great. You enjoy it. You put that on for a 14-year-old today. They look at you like it's the most incompetent thing they've watched before. It might as well be the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It's not entertaining to them. It doesn't look good. It looks really old. And they have to really be captivated by the story. And you've got to sell them on the story. In other words, they're done. How the hell do you think a Saved by the Bell handles that? It doesn't. Wow, so, save, you pulled that out of your ass because I, I had forgotten all about that. I, I wow. loved Saved by the Bell. I assumed it came out and had already been canceled. That's how much... I don't it, know. It, it looks like it belongs on the W Network at best. Okay, well, look. At a lot of those days, people at need three a.m. A lot of those people need work, uh, clearly. So <laughs> I don't know, man. 
it looks like a Disney Channel show, but then they jammed no. in like people that no, we don't need it's on a there. Knockoff Disney Channel yeah. show. Like it was a knockoff, like yeah, Disney, like D I Z N Y Q. Like they don't so, even know like dollar store Disney, own yeah. Not even. It's like the knockoff dollar store. Right? D E L L R. It's just fucking horrible. Sorry. And that got me thinking, what the fuck? So, anyways, I start reading about potential reboots that are in the plans. Have you looked up or Googled recently, I don't know, in the past, say, month or two, what the proposed reboots look like right now that are being considered by network television? Which is, this is why network television should die, by the way. See, I, I was looking more on the film side of things, so I will allow you to enlighten me on the television side of things because I I'm pretty no I don't I don't know. I got a few, and I have a similar similar beef with movies to a degree on this too. We should so point I, out. I, I just want to make a note. We are also in a time right now that there's a Magnum PI TV show, there is a MacGyver TV show, there is a Hawaii Five O TV show. What other t- like fan- I think they did Fantasy Island again. So this has been going on for a while, but do do enlighten me because obviously there's some bad ones coming up. Frasier. But is it a reboot? Okay, here, okay. Before we go too far, okay. because I, I do I do want to clarify things. There's a continuation reboot, element or reboot. I know. Remake or a long after sequel follow up type kind of series. So, are you classifying those okay. under all the so, same umbrella? So I'm lumping. I'm gonna lump. Yeah. Okay. The reboot mm-hmm. and oh no, sorry. I guess it'd be remake and extended. Okay. So the remake is they're going back to the well and said, "Oh, we're going to be saved by the bell with these new kids named Zachariah and a Q Slater." And you know they they try to remake it like ridiculous. Yeah. Or or they give us the you know you want more of this twenty years later because you forgot about it and then we're gonna duplicate the show inside of itself so we're gonna give you the old characters and make the new ones do exactly the same thing the old ones did but they're new characters while the old ones are still around in the background for nostalgia so those are the two ones that drive me nuts the remake <laughs> said hey we sorry, the reboot says we fucked this up the first time we're trying again. That's what a reboot says to me. Yeah, and sometimes nobody I think from the original cast. It's it's you know it's almost like the same story, story but yeah. it's it's its own thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The reboot is like, look, look, control, delete, and we're gonna restart and hope it doesn't look quite the same way. That I get that. So reboots don't drive me as much as the remakes with the or the long extended. Hey, we're still going. Okay. So things like Frasier is okay we're gonna we're gonna pick it up later. Yep. Who needs fucking Frasier right now? You Go know what's there's, you know what set so that much. off was the Roseanne when Roseanne uh, came back and they continued that on. And, I'm and, sure and, every and one of the they, 90s sitcoms thought that that was a good idea. And did they not learn how bad of a plan that was? Because they, they, they flew in the, the number one uh, uh, saving grace to television is Katie Seagal. And then the only reason that show fucking is surviving right now is because she's in there with John Goodman and they're making a fucking work because she is absolutely gold with anything she touches. So if they didn't have her, that shit was done. Absolutely done. So, okay, let me go back. Sister, sister. That's what we need. More twins. Out of curiosity, because I just so I'm is it a remake, a reboot or is it a continuation? Is there another set of twins from is it twins of the twins? Is there now eight of them? I don't know. Yeah, no, they're just they're, they're they're referring to this as a complete reboot. Okay. This one bothers me. Alf. 
Now, they're not clear on whether they're actually going to do this as a complete reboot or they're going to do it as a later in life, like he comes back kind of idea. I can guarantee you if they reboot it and they use a new puppet, that puppet is going to look terrifying because I know they're going to make that puppet just look they're like, well, you know, he's going to look more realistic, which is going to be a nightmare no. when it, it airs for three episodes. No, I didn't grow up on this show, but do we really need 30 years later uh, Lizzie McGuire? I guess it's... I mean, Hillary years. Duff probably needs the money. 20 years later. No, she's married to Mike Fisher. She's fine. No, it's not Mike. Yeah, it's not, no, no, that's, not uh, Mike Fisher. that's the Hillary other one. Duff, Hillary Duff's married to a hockey player, too, though. Um, and Bewitched is another one they're talking about. Uh, they tried that already with the movie, right? Yeah, but this time they're going to do it with a interracial family with and they're going to change it all up, and they're going to the try witch to use guy. I don't know. Oh like, yeah, and they're going to make some changes to it. And I mean, I, I just guess party five. Yeah. Now the party five one is a complete reboot because modern re, modern yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But again, so, why call it party five? Just well, make it, well, it's because that they they want to sell it on the title. Yeah. So I guess the things that get me is. I get that some properties maybe have some more space to be explored, potentially. Okay, and and I and I I use that loosely because sometimes you get too much of a good thing, um, and, and I struggle with the necessity to do. And, and what I'm, I, 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 um, my hypothesis is this: all the talented writers, creative minds, are getting employed by the streaming services. They're going to Netflix. They're going to Amazon. They're going to you know the the new the new stations that are coming the WB and all those the, the Peacock whatever. They're all going these different directions, getting paid the big bucks. And this is like the leftover pool that says, "Oh crap, I don't know what to do." And they walk down the hall to like this old bingo machine with bingo balls, and they roll it a few times. They put their hand and they pull out, and it's an old title. You know and what they it get is? To, they get to do that once a month. They pull one out, and now they get to remake it or reboot it. They they're so desperate. They so desperately need to hit like immediately. Like shows don't even make it past like the fourth episode most times if it's not doing well. And I think they think that if they use an existing property, that it will give them a built-in audience. And I, I, there are there are instances where that works. Do you have a preference? Uh, well, I think I've got your preference already. But if if you were looking at like the reboot, remake, or like the later continuation. Do, if you had to have preference of those, which would you give, give me? Give me the complete reboot. So, so example being new cast, more or less new story, generally the same idea, but Robocop. There's my there's a living example that I'm satisfied with. It's not like it was desperately needed, but they saw the opportunity to use modern tech. They saw the opportunity to make some adjustments with some some different cast members, a little more high profile actors. And, you know, give it a little bit more of a, a noir, darker edge to it because they could. And and they did. And so you look at, um, oh, what's his name? Joel. Um, Joel, I mean, everything. Kinnaman. Yeah, Kinnaman. Oh, fuck, I love him. Him And even Keaton, right? You bring Michael Keaton in. You, got, you know, I liked, like, their push on it. Um, you know, it's not obviously uh, actor heavy. Uh, but... It wasn't horrible. It was more a little modern, a little more tech, a little more money into special effects because they could now versus then. And they're not drowning us with a sequel. It was just like, here's a reboot of the original and 
we're going to make have a few twists to it. And they did. I would argue there's no sequel because it didn't do that well. But uh, if it had done well, it may have gotten a sequel. I actually had that movie on my list of uh, bad reboots, uh, <laughs> along with the Colin Farrell Total Recall, if we're going to continue on with the Paul Verhoeven uh, reboots. So so you're not a fan of the reboots, are you? Uh, no, I have a, I have some that are good and I have some that are bad. Uh, I'll continue my bad list. Uh, don't ever watch the Point Break reboot. No, I it won't. is awful. No, I won't. I won't. It's a candle property. I'm not doing uh, it. The Mummy. Even though it's oh been technically God. restarted, but that last one was the Tom Cruise one. Not great. Uh, I mean, arguably there hasn't been a good one of these at all, but Fantastic Four. Uh, the shot for shot remake of Psycho. Oh, yeah, that was bad. But for actual straight reboot reboots, um, I actually find that horror and sci-fi, I find that I've seen better examples. Like the Evil Dead reboot was actually quite good. Uh, the Friday the 13th. I guess it's a reboot. Yeah, it is a reboot because it's kind of the first four movies. Uh, Spider-Man. I think the their, the latest Spider-Man is a much better version than the last one. Uh, the Planet of the Apes uh, movies, the series that we've got recently. I think those were good examples. Okay, hold on, hold on. So, so when you think Planet of the Apes, so we take the 70s content and just archive it and say, okay, that's the hallmark foundational piece. We'll just leave it alone. Then you get the Mark, Mark Wahlberg. We're like, oh, you Marky Marked it. So that fucking sucks. And then we get the James Franco. Mm-hmm. And the James Franco, Woody Harrelson. Oh, yeah. I wasn't saying the Marky Mark one was the good one. No, no, no. <laughs> no. So, Just so we're I'm, clear, I mean the immediately uh, re- recent no, ones. No. So what I'm referencing, though, is what is the technical reboot? So is the Franco-Woody Harrelson trilogy the reboot of the Marky Marked experience? I oh, I can't imagine is, that, is that, is, is that, that, that movie and we're like, what no, parts that, of this can we take? Is that them saying, okay, look, we're going to create these new ones to erase the identity of these ones so that way people just remember the 70s and the new stuff? Was that the I, goal, you think? I hope so. I Oh, man. We're just going to erase this this movie we made as a, trying to be an explanation and we're just going to reset it with James Franco and John Lithgow and do really good with it. And they did. So... Anyways. This probably falls under your continuation one, I think, although it's still... It's tough. Even, even I'm confused with trying to label these. Well, the Mad Max Fury Road movie. Hmm. What is it? Is it I, don't, I don't know, but there's Is it good. a continuation? I mean, obviously, with it being a different actor, it's even more confusing, but... I mean, but that was a good example of something that's at least under that umbrella. Of you, it. Could, you could almost look at that being another story that took place in that space that could have been simultaneously happening yeah. and it, it, it could have existed like that yeah so uh, that's a tough that's a tougher one uh, lastly for me strangely uh the same series of movies fall in both the bad and the good camp the first michael bay teenage mutant ninja turtles movie is uh utter piece of trash I fucking love the second one because they didn't give a shit at that point. They're like, you know what? We're putting Krang in there. We're having the turtle van. It shoots the the manhole covers. I'm on board for that one. That one, I don't know why. It just it's it's the cartoon basically. The second one, they're like, look, we're gonna make all our money off the toys, so let's just do like we did in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> yeah, let's make it about the toys. Okay, so so that so one. Then, I... So then I would put Transformers. I really enjoy 
the Transformers. And I enjoy the Shia LaBeouf Transformers. Okay. It's, uh, listen, the only reason is, is that it was novel at the time. Mm-hmm. They gave us a storyline that actually, I just watched them again. Uh, I watched Transformers, Fallen, and then what was the third one that LaBeouf was in? Um, oh, Last Night. And oh, that was uh, Wahlberg. No, no, was not, not last night. It was. Um, it's the one where like Dark, the, Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, the Dark one where like the entire city gets just like, millions of people die. In that and movie. to be honest, those three work as a set mm-hmm. actually quite well, and and I'm happy with ending them there. Like you didn't really, and not that they've done horrible carrying on. They just did just like the cartoon. They just kept going, and I did couldn't really understand what the fuck's going on anymore. Um, but the first three I thought did quite well, and they gave us what we wanted was live action Transformers, and it was done well. I mean, it was done well enough. A lot of screaming from LaBeouf in hindsight, but it, it, it matched the crazy camera angles, and I was kind of screaming as I watch it all the time anyways because the, of the angles. But The, the screaming of LaBeouf, and then the opposite was the really passive acting of Mark Wahlberg when he took over uh, th- that series. He was like, he felt the opposite. More- he, he, he behaved as if he was more badass than a fucking 50-foot Transformer. So that pissed me off because it was like, he acted like he just take the fucking thing out. And I'm like, you're you're Mark Wahlberg. Like, fuck off. You I like the Bumblebee lot. movie. That was good. Okay. So then where does where do you put that in it? I want to have this conversation. So where do you put the Bumblebee movie inside of this universe or what the fuck they're doing with it? Is that a reboot? Is that a remake? Or is that them trying to, like, throw a time? Because there's no explanation why the fuck he's there. Yeah, the Bumblebee like movie did fantastic at saying, "Here's how we're going to explain how they got to Earth instead of the way we did it before." Yeah, I think it was definitely designed as like a soft reboot. They're like, it's close enough that you could say it's in the same universe, but if it takes off, we'll just go from here forward. It, I think it, it did wonderful, and the way they captured Cybertron versus the other one, which was I couldn't fucking tell what was going on, it was like a scrapyard, and then the new one, it's like, oh, there's the colors I needed to see. Oh yeah. It they looked like the '80s Cybertron. I'm like, I'm in. I'm in just for that '80s Cybertron. If you keep referencing that, I'm good. Now, and in, in in this kind of uh, talk of reboots and remakes, and we've talked about this a little bit. What about the Disney live action remakes of the? I'm anime? a fan. I'm a fan. Okay. You can trash me all you want. All but, of them, or are they like piece by piece? Depends on. Oh, the vast majority. I'm gonna say yes. Um, however, I haven't come across one yet that I'm like, that was unnecessary. I've come across them and I'm like, well, you know, they gave it a shot. It was pretty good, but it didn't surpass the original. Um, but I haven't had anything that said, oh, that wasted my time. I want my eyeballs back. So do you you think there's like, I can understand remaking a live action movie for a a more modern audience. Because as you said, you're, you know, your kids are going to look at older movies and whatever, but like, to remake an animated movie, are kids it's just not cool. in animated stuff as well? Is that don't, kind of no, 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 don't forget this. When you're a kid, right, you imagine cartoons being real. You have these ideas. Your imagination is like, how cool would it be to see a tra- real Transformer? How cool would it be? So for boys, we're talking like GI Joe. We're talking Transformers. We were talking Thundercats. We were talking Ninja Turtles. Whatever, right? Like we would play those things at school back when kids used to play at school. You would pretend to be the Ninja Turtles or whatever. You know, we had imagination. So it was like, animated like, because it was the only way of bringing that to the screen. So yes, and so what? What? And and in Disney's light, I'm going to defend Disney on this one. Are they not doing the same thing that we just talked about with the Transformers and the Ninja Turtles and GI Joe, which we didn't even talk about that yet? 
Um, but they've made live action versions of those cartoons. Disney just looked at that and went, there's a huge market on this. Our, pro- our product as a cartoon was probably better, which in most cases it was. And we've got all the money to make it live action. And we can really sink the money into making it live action if we wanted to. Let's go for it. And if you look at their live actions, they spare no expense. Those live action films that they've done are absolutely ludicrous amounts of money to do them. And they are spot on. They're damn good. Uh, John Favreau, like, let's be fair, hit out of the park with Lion King. Um, but I don't think the Beauty and the Beast was bad. I think Mulan actually probably going to add a lot more depth to the character. Um, that, that, I can't remember the actress's name for the life of me right now. But she looks like she has done a stellar job taking on Mulan. Uh, I know my kids are excited to see her because she really exemplifies Mulan. And to see her captured on the screen as a real person, it's kind of exciting to them. So I think for the mindset for, for youth, um, we didn't see too many Disney flicks that at the time, uh, Lion King was our big one, really during our generation, I think. Uh, there probably was a couple other ones, but I know that was like the big one. Um, that live action, like, oh, well, live action is still going to be CGI animals still wasn't really live live action aspect of people weren't really going to be involved so for us it was like the other things it was the ninja turtles and so on and so now we're seeing them come to light and, and we really appreciate it i think disney just captivated say you know we got some great content let's try it and um so far so good now aladdin yeah okay maybe that you know i didn't watch that one all the way through people might say that one hurt a little bit but you were screwed because you didn't have robin williams you couldn't bring him back. And no offense to Will Smith, but it's just not Robin Williams. And if you're really trying to captivate that nostalgic feel of, of rebooting it or live action element, yeah. why was the Transformers fundamentally ho- hooked in the nostalgic piece? It's because they had the same voice for Optimus right out of the gate. And you knew like you were going to tolerate the whole damn thing because it was Optimus's voice and it's going to get you through it, right? And at the end of it, you're still disappointed that you didn't get to fucking hear Bumblebee once. But anyways, um, yeah, so unnecessary. Is that because they couldn't get the actor to do the voice? I have no clue because I don't know what the hell that storyline was about. It was pointless. Um, yeah, I they, think it's just some weird gimmick and they just ran with it and then they kind of boxed themselves into a corner, I imagine. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, because if they could have had him, and I really miss not having Cliff Jumper. But anyways, um, but again, those are the things you're griping over and you still got your live action flick. They made a lot of film and it's still going. They're not done with it. So I, I don't know. I think Disney doing it, I like it. I think they've done well. They're doing it with good properties. And to get to see the, the princesses played out by, by living people, I think is, uh, in this day and age, probably, probably it's, it's good. It's certainly good for, for young girls, um, good for young boys to see strong women. I think it's, it's good. Yeah, I, I definitely, I can, I can certainly see the, the ones that are based, I guess where, and it seems to be the one that did the best so far, is I would have thought like the Lion King one seemed the least needed only because it is still technically yeah. animated. Cartoon, yeah. I, I see what you mean. Like the, the live action ones uh, for human beings. That's uh, that's something. Hey, yeah. and they'll finally be able to appropriately age the princesses. So they don't all look like they're getting married at 14. Because yeah, when you follow my stories, my kids have always laughed at me going, you know, they're like in maybe high school at best. So at least now you're getting actresses to play that look like they're at least 18 to 20 so it looks kind of like not terrifying so like emma watson playing bell was like great she's someone that watched grew up as hermione they know she's an adult and her getting married makes sense so the only one not, that, i mean not hermione in year two harry potter she, when she was like 14 yeah which uh so when you look I at guess those the, the, flicks, that kind of was the thing 
the Anyways. only one that uh, of the big ones then that I, I haven't seen it and maybe you know more about it than I do. I, are they doing a Little Mermaid movie? I gotta That's, assume that one's coming. It's, all the princesses are being discussed, so right. they're just so all the official Disney princesses are getting. Uh, they're all writing scripts. They're all looking at how they're doing it, writing scripts. Take off the shelf um, and figuring out how they're going to do it if they're going to do it. So Mulan got bumped to the queue for the strong woman aspect of it all. Um, and then my understanding is Little Mermaid is in queue, um, but so is Princess and the Frog, which would be, I think, a fantastic live action. I think it'd probably be better live action than it was cartoon, to be honest with you. Um, and what was the other one that's on the queue? Because uh, Maleficent, they did on the alternate aspect, yeah. right? Yeah. So you can argue what they did there. I just know the the brave, the Scottish girl is supposed, yeah. to, supposed to be the last one. Okay. Like the, she's at the end of the line because her movie was the newest. So I think the idea is that she's at the end of the queue. I guess the other thing that would be uh, an opportunity for them when they do the live action versions is they can uh, fix some of the. Mm, culturally uh insensitive things that they may have had at the time in some of those especially the older ones for sure uh they need to do snow white they can (laughs) tweak them a little bit uh differently yeah i I, that's the one i bet you if there's any one they don't touch it's snow white didn't they wasn't there a snow white movie because wasn't the one with uh because wasn't chris hemsworth in it oh that's the huntsman well, there was that's, this, that's this, not a Disney, that's not a Disney remake. That's a that's that's I don't. It's own thing. I guess it's yeah. Uh, yeah, no. probably public domain, right? So, but that that is a someday we're gonna have to have another topic for another day. Is we need to talk about the um, unscathable Hollywood stars. Okay. There because there are Hollywood stars that are unscathable. It does not matter what they do, what crap they show up in. They're still awesome. Example, Charlie Theron. Because she was in Huntsman. She was the villain. I feel like that movie did good, though, didn't it? Did it not do well? I'm not saying it was good. I'm saying financially did it not do well. Because that's that, really that all that matters. Not, that is, no, that's not a measure of success. It's the only measure of success from the studio side of things. Mm, I struggle with that. Um, but... Okay. Okay, on the reboot topic, though, is there anything that you would want rebooted? Is there anything from our childhood, from our past, that you would want to see either a continuation of or a reboot? Because it was just like, eh, it wasn't, you know, the special effects, and we weren't able to do it, that I can kind think of thing. Some, I can think of some cool stuff brought to live action that I would like to see, like cartoons brought to live action. But I don't want to see the cartoons rebooted. We've right. seen that. Oh, actually, just one more on the list that was done well. Very, very well, by the way. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah. The, and that was really, a reboot. That was a, I would be really straight up reboot, I think, yeah. Damn good. Yeah, damn I thought it was good. good. Because if you really want a test of how good a reboot can be done, watch the new movie, the newer one, and then since you have Netflix and that's where you're watching it, pull up the old TV show. Oh, watch even five episodes in if you want, because the first couple are absolutely the worst. Um, go up five or six in, and uh, it's still not really any better. But then you're going to go, wow, this is the content they made the movie from? You're like, wow, they, yeah. they turned shit into gold. Uh, and, and you can't watch it. I mean, you can't even get through the 18 minutes of a television show, uh, what we used to watch. So anyways, that's a prime example of really good at it. Um, I think for me, though, it's, uh, for me, it's really picking on things that I think I would like to see transition to live action. Because I, 
I struggle with the necessity to reboot these things. Um, and sometimes I think they carry on too long. Like they're going to do a Snake Eyes film. What the fuck? Anyways, um, I want to see Gargoyles, the TV show, put into uh, the cartoon, put into a live action show because that was actually a really cool storyline. Um, I really would like yeah. to see that in live action. I think it would look wickedly awesome. Um, the special effects could make that so dark and dreary, and like you can brush it right up against. Of you know what? This needs to be PG thirteen. We need to we need to put it up there a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I can't think of a whole lot of reboots or remakes. There are definitely ones where, um, like, for instance, well, actually with, like, Bill and Ted was one where it continued on. And this, as far as I know, as far everyone has said, this will be the, on, the only one that they're doing. And that's perfect. Ends it, you know, rounds it out, everything's fine. Um, the Master of the Universe uh, animated mm-hmm. that Kevin Smith's doing, which is a follow-up to the cartoon. Uh, I haven't watched that yet. You well, it's not, it's not I, out I, yet. I brought it's not out yet. It's right. I, no, there was a lot of talk earlier. I thought it was out by now. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's not out. But uh, the fact that they're carrying on essentially right from the end of the the animated show, like that we saw as kids, so that looks good. Do you, Do you remember cartoons actually ending? Because I don't. I don't remember the ending of the cartoons. Not not ending. No, not well. I shouldn't stopped? say that. Did they just stop? I don't recall. It, it wasn't until like X Men, maybe like around that time when you started seeing more definitive uh stories like in gargoyles too had like storylines that were based on yeah. the whole season kind of thing um but yeah no back in the 80s like i couldn't tell you what happened at the end of transformers i mean i know they took a break then they did the movie but then they went back to the cartoon so i don't know yeah yeah they just kept going they got kept getting more and more ex- exuberant in the size and frame of the transformers then all of a sudden it was beast wars and i don't remember how that transitioned yeah <laughs> then there happened. was a whole lot of offshoots that kind of went <laughs> yeah. kind of crazy yeah yeah, so yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to look back on the, and 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 try to find the ending to He-Man. I'm gonna look back to find the last episode of Transformers because they're probably all on YouTube. I'm gonna find them and see did, like how did they end it? I feel like they ended it just like they did any other episode. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Um, but but I want to find out now because I want to know how the hell did you pick up? How does Kevin Smith pick up from where? That's what I want to know. Yeah, like how much of that series actually had a through line plot of any kind? Other than or the was guy hiding the every episode? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. But like, every, as far as I remember, every episode was a bottle episode. Like, it was just like, this is the problem. This is how it ends. And yay, he well, man. Except, except the Shira crossover. Sure. And like the Christmas special, things like that. I guess. God, you remember that stuff? I um, have it on DVD. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. What? You had to go out of your way to get that. Someone had to put, take that from VHS, VHS to put it on DVD, and then you went out of your way to buy it. <laughs> that was officially released, sir, and it is worth it. It's not great. <laughs> it was not? a gift. I don't know. Yeah, you have no, you haven't even watched it. It's a, okay. it's a, it's a cup holder. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, what else would you see, then? What else would you want to see if, of a re- reboot or a remake? Um. There was talk for a while, and I'm, I don't know how I feel. I would, I kind of think I'd want to see it, but there was talk of a, of a sequel to Willow. And I no, think, no, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. No, that was that was like a, a fair, perfect fairy tale wrapped all in itself. It, it really yeah. didn't need anything. It had the ending. It had a, a legitimate ending. Like it was done. Ron and Howard like, did well with that. Don't I, I think it. the problem with it, what my thinking is like. Do you want to see these people in like their like midlife crisis? Well, or past that? Look, I love Val Kilmer, but 
he's seen better days. I don't think I'd want to go back to Val Kilmer as a overweight, you know, Mad Mardigan. I don't think, I mean, to be fair, uh, uh, Jesus, I was going to call him Willow. Um, Warwick Davis Davis pretty much looks the same. I mean, he's pretty close to it, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what you'd have to do. You'd really have to hook me on on the sell me. The thing that people forget, too, is that we've seen them in so many other things, especially the way that the Internet and today's like publicity is is in public profiles are so open that we know more about these actors behind the scenes than we ever have before. So we know too much about them. So to put them back in these roles, it's hard to see them in the same light. Probably probably a big reason why the Saved by the Bell thing just doesn't work is that it's been so long. These people have all had some sort of story about them afterwards, good, bad, or indifferent. And then all of a sudden you're trying to launch them back in these roles with these same characters. And it's like, I'm just not buying it. Like, Part of the reason the nostalgia is so cool is because I remember when they were in this. I'm watching them in different things today, and I still can go back and watch the old show, hence nostalgic. Recasting it and putting it back together, knowing what I know behind the curtain. Like once I saw, you know, the wizard behind the curtain and realized the guy pulling levers, I kind of can't unsee it. So I think that's part of the failing when they try to do this sometimes, and why maybe the whole remake. Or yeah, re- remake. Re- I fucking, I've lost train of this. Yeah. The one when they just put new actors, same content, and they modernize it, whatever we call that. Yeah. When they do that probably stands a better chance, it, at least to give you a go, because it's it's the same uh, title and property, but I'm getting, you know, I'm not getting all the baggage with the old one. You're trying not to feed me the baggage, and that that works, right? Power Rangers prime example, prime example. Of how that worked, I thought that worked well. Enough, enough modern twist on it, enough advances on it, enough. You know what? Here's the here's the gaping holes that you know we can adjust these things, but still follow the same premise, and it worked. And, so. and I think too, rebooting a property that is in dire need of it is probably also better than something that, whether it's with you know rose tinted glasses or not. If you have a good feeling about something, you don't want to wreck it by remaking it. But if you go back. Like Christ Almighty, if you go back and watch, but you want to talk about bad, uh, like Power Rangers, go watch like Xena or yeah. Hercules or any of those stuff. And, we and we had it, fond memories. They do not hold up. Yeah, and here's all. the best part: no one's trying to reboot it. No one's trying to remake it because it worked in its own capacity. Baywatch would be another example. I'd have to say, eh, what the fuck did they do that for? Even though I enjoy The Rock. Um, but anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, one last property that they are uh, was a bit of a tipping point in setting this fire ablaze inside of me was they want to reboot Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Now that 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 takes me off because here it is. That was his actual like his not even in the show. That was his actual character. So so I put Fresh Prince with Growing Pains. I put it with uh, Family Ties. I put it with. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones that were were good at the time. And what I mean by that is they had their run and they had a conclusion. They had an end. They had almost a tear-jerking end. You're just like, oh, wow, Like you ended that for me. Thank you. The modern take on that would be like The Office where they had an end. And it's like, I don't want any more. I'm I'm very very satisfied. I'm very pleased. You tucked at me. Will Smith standing in the living room of the bank's residence when it's empty, and he's the last one looking it over. You're like, 
hold on, that's a tear because you're sad to see it, but it was a conclusion. What the fuck are you doing touching that? That is gold. Yeah, because then you're saying, you're saying that whatever you're going to make is going to be better than that? Because if you're not, then why are you even bothering? And it's not likely that it will be. And I don't see Will Smith going, yeah, let's do Will all these years later. Because this character was based on my life, so I have no idea how we're going to write this. So I don't think that makes any sense to me. Um, and then you can make it on any, any of the other castmates. So what? We're going to go watch America's Funniest Home Videos? Like, I don't know where you're going, right? So, and no disrespect to any of them, but the, the fact is they did such wonderful work the first time. I think it's just absolute desecration to hit it again. I think it's stupid. And that, I would say the same thing about, um, I said, Growing Pains had a wonderful ending. Like, some of those sitcoms from the 80s, 90s that did that recipe of here's the arc over four to eight seasons, whatever it was, and we concluded with this family maturation point, the leaving the nest element, which was kind of the theme for some of them. Don't touch it again. Because nowhere did it show it worked. Boy Meets World was a great example when they tried to do the spinoff with his daughter, and it was like, ooh, this didn't quite work. You're force-feeding it to us. So, prime example. Fuller House. <laughs> sorry. That's sorry, everyone. I think it's puked on my computer. Well, look. You know what the the, the real problem is? The you're, reason you're, we have you're, you're the one we need, Gro- uh, Golden Girls. As what a reboot? I don't know. Just be a guy <laughs> walking around a graveyard. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Betty White just walk around with some cheesecake. Just dead Betty White just kicking ass. Like I just don't know how you would even do that. She's just eating there by herself. She's just um, sitting in the graveyard in a lawn chair. Like, oh, that's dark. That was dark. I don't, I, I don't think mine was that bad. <laughs> so, no. But anyways, I'm like, but some properties just, you just, you know, I heard who's the boss is on the list too, man. Yeah, and that's a continuation, I think, if I remember correctly. But so what? Uh, Alyssa Milano comes back all of a sudden. I was away for a while. I was a witch, but I'm back. Like, <laughs> see, that's the problem. We know too much about the other things they did. So when they come back, I'm comparing them to the other things they did at the same time, not that same character. And maybe that's my problem and why I don't like them. And if you as the audience can see past that, great for you. But I'm going to be like, that's what I'm going to think about, right? I'd be like, you know what you are to me? A spaceship, Alyssa Milano. You are a spaceship and an awesome movie flown by Peter Quill. That's what you are now. I'm sorry. That's what I see. Oh, that took me a long time to get to figure out where you were going with that. And I'm like, what the? Oh, right, right, right. And you're not even, it's not even the actual person you're talking about. You're just talking about the name. I got you. Yep. Okay. Well, we've lost your minds with reboots. But that's what modern audiences will be. Oh, this is the girl they based the Star Lord ship off of? That's what it's going to be. That she doesn't. Even, they won't even get a chance to do anything. And, and that's not, and to be, I also think to the actors and actresses, like, your agents are screwing you. Unless there is some condition in your original contract that says, hey, if we ever remake this, you must be in it. Which I have to think there's a clause that people are aware of or not aware of. Well, maybe some and, of them just don't have work to begin with, and this is the only opportunity they have. Invest better. And that's, well, all, you, that's all you new actors and actresses out there. Yeah, from those of us who know better. Wait, We don't want to see you again in the role that made you famous. Don't do it again. In 20 years, I don't want to see you again. Yeah, I don't want to see Chris Pratt come back and be Andy on Parks and Rec. Well, he's got that Schwarzenegger money coming. He won't need that. Cults are cults. 
Also, I like how I've completely taken away all the money he's rightfully earned in at least two, maybe three franchises coming up. I don't know. Who knows? All right. So reboots you're going with. Uh, you don't like him. That's uh, the end all be all. I, I just I have a hard. I, I just feel like when I see what comes out on Amazon and Netflix for original content, which is some wicked stuff. The Boys, by the way, season two starting very soon. Yeah, um, Friday. So, yeah, and when you listen to this, it could already be over. You would have watched all of it. It's over. Because I will have watched it all in one night. I will not sleep. Um, So, but I mean, content like that, Man in High Castle, like, you just go through the list, right? Carnival Row, like, that's Amazon. And then you go to Netflix, has lots of great content, too. So, you can keep making new shit. Stop telling me you can't. And and when the boundaries of network television are removed for you, you can make us really good stuff. So, network television, just give up. Just go away. Go streaming like you're going to go anyways. Let people be creative and imaginative and stop recycling your content. Unless you're going to make it like an ev- evolution in something psychotic. Like you're going to take something that was borderline edgy and say, you know what? We're going to put it on a streaming service so it can basically be rated mature and we're going to do what we originally intended to do with it. And it's like, wow, that's terrifying and crazy. So yeah, that we're, we're going to make a live action Darkwing Duck. He's going to look like Howard the Duck, but he's going to straight up murder people and there will be a lot of blood. Yeah. I was, that's actually, I was going there. Alvin 2022 the HBO Max. Rescue Rangers, but they don't rescue anybody. Think about that. <laughs> they, just, they just cause all the problems and other people have to rescue? They're fucking psychos. They kill people. But anyways, I'm just saying, you can go lots of places, right? Launchpad would be a great character in those shows, and, you know, there we go. Oh, yeah, he's the one that carries, he connects all the different universes. Oh, last one, last one. Live action Dragon Ball Z. Has that happened already? No. Yes? No. 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 No, it was uh, Last Airbender. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah, and they fucked that up. So don't let Shyamalan touch it. <sighs> what all these writers are clearly missing is original ideas. And what they could do to fix that is the new item from a previous guest in front of the show, Peter Tchaikovsky. His product is called the Story Engine, and it is a deck of cards that allows you to start story prompts for anything. Books, tabletop games, whatever you like. It is super simple. Even an idiot like me can do it, and I will do it right now, real quick. You've got five different cards, and I will pull okay. them in front of me randomly. I got All them. Right. All right. What are we making? Agents. There's an agent, engine, an anchor, a conflict, and then an aspect. So I'll flip them over, and they each have different items. I'm going to do this real quick to show how simple this is. So I have a beast wants to escape a ruin, but they will have to do something they can never tell anyone about. That just, it's its like that. In 30 seconds, I started a story. And then my aspect card, I could make it a a truth-telling beast or a an ominous beast, or I could put it as a, an elegant ruin. In five seconds, I started that randomly from pulling from five cards. Oh my gosh. Remember, remember you is, had to create it, right? Yeah, just forget this would be that. like, uh, yeah, yeah, you just, you'd start your story. Uh, there's, that's the like simplest way of doing it. There's different varieties of way, ways of doing it. I highly recommend if you have any interest in writing, if you have kids that are interested in writing, if you're looking at writing stuff for uh, RPGs or just short stories, if you head to storyenginedeca.com, 
uh, you can check out. There's uh, additional uh, booster packs for uh, if you want to do specifically fantasy or sci-fi or uh, there's different categories you can get so you can kind of tweak it to add stuff to it. If you go there, check it out. You can pick any item on the website. You can use code HAPPYZEN and you can get 10% off your order. Or you can go to storyenginedeck.com slash happyzen. And they will know that you came from us and they will give you a sweet discount. And some of the stuff's on sale on top of our discount, so it'll be even cheaper. Highly recommend. Wicked. Uh, And uh, my bladder's full. And do you know what it's full with, Adam? Go! (laughs) I would assume it's Deadly Grounds Coffee. That's all you can assume. If anyone has followed Matt's uh, Instagram lately, you have been on a coffee bender. And uh, between Deadly Grounds and also visiting the 8-Bit Bean Cafe, which is uh, an offshoot of Deadly Grounds Coffee. So, um, But as uh, we're at that stage of the show, we should remind everybody that our friends over at Deadly Ground Coffees have kept everybody caffeinated and supplied during this COVID uh, pandemic crisis that continues to rear its head and change how we do business. But they don't change how they feed us wonderful coffee. So head over to DeadlyGrounds.ca. And is it Happy Zen at checkout? Look at you. Look at you. After two months, no rust. You got it right away. Uh, and our most recent guest, Jason Anarchy, just posted uh, he got some Deadly Grounds and 8-Bit Beans coffee the other day. Post that up with a lovely Happy Zen mug. Coming soon, maybe. Fingers crossed. But yeah, man, I don't know. We have so much to catch up on. And this was like half the notes I had. But uh, Yeah, we can't bore people to death. No, man, we got to focus. We got to laser focus. But the light, uh, the light of that graveyard with the golden girls. And Betty White will outlive us all. It's hard possible. And that's good for the planet, by the way, if she does. But anyways, yeah, we will. Uh, we're gonna maybe do another episode this week. So we will continue getting content forward at a time that is. You're rolling your eyes. Sorry. Um, no, I was going to. I was going to add to that. Uh, I also we should uh, we should get to streaming. You were mentioning uh, streaming yeah. something. We'll, we'll yeah. stream something. Oh my god, we're gonna play Fall Guys. Did you get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're gonna play that. I because you have never heard swearing like you're about to hear. That is the most infuriating game of all time, but we're doing it. We're doing and, it because and, it's, okay. So we gotta get it out there. We're gonna do it. We gotta share it on social media so other people can come play as well, right? So oh, absolutely. Yeah, I will yeah. absolutely invite you to, into our group to join. What can only be a bunch of. Uh, nearly middle-aged men screaming at animated beans as they fall on their face and uh yeah yeah it's uh it's it's not good for my stress levels but it's fun i agree i'm dying i can't wait yeah, uh doing that yeah. uh like soon very soon yeah yeah, yeah. maybe enough. more than once yeah depending yeah. on how my heart can take it no fair enough we'll definitely do that and then uh, uh maybe maybe i'll start putting some uh League streams out there if you guys have a laugh at uh, me playing League of Legends because it certainly is a laugh. So sounds good. And if you were frustrated playing with me, you you would understand why. And if you don't play with me, you just get frustrated watching. So I don't know. It's all the game ever does to people is frustrate them. So I smile now. It works. I've just smile sadistic. through. Yeah, just sadistic. I've become sadistic because I know the person on the other end is losing their shit. That's really what video games are now, and it's worth it. It's a it's a good way to vent. These are these are trying times. Video games are the way to go. Uh, yeah, hurt your controller. Awesome. Don't turn hurt anybody else. Yeah, that's it. 
hundred percent, man. Well, it was great to be back, and I look forward to us hitting some more episodes. And so maybe we'll get more into what we've been doing while we were gone, which was actually not, I'm wrong because it hasn't been shit all. <laughs> it will be a thirty uh, second episode. <laughs> yeah, here's what we did when we were gone. Silence. Yeah, I watched some stuff. Crickets. Silence. Crickets. 100%. Well, I imagine next time we record, we'll probably have watched The Boys. Oh yeah. Two yeah. by then. So maybe then we'll make an episode uh, dedicated to that. Really? We can talk about that time I threw the controllers through the TV while playing Fall Guys. Uh, yeah. All right. Awesome. All right. Uh, don't forget, check us out. Uh, for those who are still on social media, it's uh, Happy Zen Podcast on uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Otherwise, uh, happyzen.com for everything else. All right. All right. That's the end of the show.